Today, we're talking with a world expert in marketing automation and membership portals. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome episode and an awesome interview. Before we dive in, obviously, we've got our obligatory update on how things are going on my end. The last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read is basically just about at 800 global ratings on Amazon. And I really could not be more pleased or more grateful with all the awesome feedback all the five-star rave reviews that I'm really getting from people there, and um, also the Audible interviews. I really appreciate people leaving reviews on that site as well. And that, of course, is your reminder that in addition to being able to get the book in paperback format or Kindle format, you can also get it as an audio book. So, you know, feel free to, to take your pick, but you can check out the book if you haven't done so already by going to last lawofattractionbook.com. And of course, the YouTube channel has over 800 subscribers on that end as well. You can go to youtube.com slash Cap if you want to check that out. That, of course, is the channel that I'm building up in support of the book. So it is all things Law of Attraction related. And, uh, you know, I try to throw humor in there. I try to keep things really entertaining. I try to mix it up. So, um, so far, the feedback's been pretty awesome in that regard as well. So if you haven't checked that out, again, feel free to do so. But that's all I've got for you today in the way of updates. We're going to dive straight in. We're going to switch mics, and we're going to have this awesome interview with Sharon. So let's dive into it. Okay, today's guest is an awesome one. Sharon Benson began her career as a virtual assistant and quickly became known as the ultimate go-to gal for getting things done quickly and efficiently. Her repertoire of technology is described by some as legendary, and she's worked on six- and seven-figure launches with some of the biggest names in the industry. As an Infusionsoft certified consultant and certified online business manager and trainer, Sharon brings a unique perspective to every client she works with, taking a 360-degree approach to making sure that their membership portals, marketing automation, and any other moving parts are always set up to go above and beyond in reaching the target market that they're intended for. I cannot wait to pick her brain and get her insights on a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm sure there's parts in that intro that I didn't even like touch on yet. So with all that said, getting straight to the fun part, Sharon Benson, thanks so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And you know, the fun part about this is I literally do not know where to begin because it seems like you... You're like, you've got all these superpowers in terms of how you take care of your, your clients. I'm like, okay, where am I going to pick her brain the best and where am I going to get the most value for the audience? But um, I guess, you know, one way to start, because I haven't really, I don't think I've had a chance to talk about this much on Shattered the Mold, is, you know, the, the aspect of, you know, m- you know marketing por- membership portals and marketing automation. And I'm wondering, like, you know, I'm assuming that's a standard part of your business. What are things about those two areas that most people don't realize that if only they did realize, they might actually be getting a lot more bang for their buck and a lot more growth in their business? Yeah, great question. So membership portals to begin with, you don't have to have a membership program to use a membership portal. It's basically just a protected area where you can store things. So you can have 
uh, you can deliver products and programs and things like that, where you can store the videos, the handouts, you know, you can have communities in there. There's all kinds of different things that you can do in quote a membership portal. So it really makes it easy to deliver programs and things like that. So don't think of it that you have to have a monthly membership and, you know, cause that can be a drag. It can just be a storage place with, for all your content that you can give people access to. So uh, that's one thing. And then marketing automation, I think, is an amazing tool because it saves you so much time and it doesn't have it doesn't have things fall through the cracks, so to speak. You can automate things so that people have a consistent experience when they're going through like the onboarding process or just in your marketing follow up, things like that. If you automate it successfully, you know, it creates a really great experience for the end user and not everybody knows all the different types of funnels you can have. You can have a, a you know, a long-term nurture where if somebody signs up and don't buy anything, you can keep in connection with them in a, in a nice, authentic, and not annoying way. So lots of things you could do with marketing automation. Hmm. And you brought up, you know, a non-annoying way. Yes. I imagine you, in working with clients, have identified a lot of times where they are being a, a little annoying without realizing it. And you've got to kind of like step in and troubleshoot for them. What are some telltale signs that you see that other people might not realize they're doing that they should watch out for to make sure that they're not turning off their customer? Yeah. So like I signed up for a program a while ago and I am bombarded by email. So first of all, don't do that. <laughs> you know, one or two emails a day is plenty. Um, and also segment your list because they were sending me emails to buy the product that I had already bought. And so you really want to do some segmentation there so that you would only present to me offers that I haven't already bought or that makes sense for me to go to the next level. Um, that's one of the things that people do that mistake all the time. And then um, another thing, one of my clients, we have a book funnel and so people get his book for free. And so we put a tag on them for the first 30 days so they don't get any other emails from us. So that they're just focused on that book funnel, how they can get the best uh, bang for their buck with the book, other programs that we sell. Um, so that's one thing a lot of people overlook too is they immediately add them to the huge list and they start getting all these emails. You want them focused on those first 30 days of being indoctrinated and really understand who you are, what you can do for them and what other products they can buy. So. Mm. Now I hear you talk about tags. I mean, I'm assuming you're speaking from the context of Infusionsoft because I know you're an expert in that. Um, is that a correct assumption? Yeah. And there's other programs that use it as well. ConvertKit uses tags to segment their list. So there's all kinds of different tools that use the tag segmentation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, choosing a software that has enough of those options and yeah. what most people don't want to do is really just going that extra mile where honestly, like, you know, I hear you say something like that. It sounds like an annoying extra step, but it's important. You know, it's, it's worth the nuisance. And I guess, you know, like, you know, your firm takes the nuisance away by, by helping people with it, but whether you're doing it on your own, you're having someone help you with it. It's worth the nuisance because it really does pay off in terms of the customer experience, in terms of customer retention, in terms of people being enthusiastic about who you are as a brand and as a business for the long term, not a short term, little quick payday that won't go anywhere. Right. Exactly. Good point. Awesome. And um, obviously here, since, you know, just staying on the topic of the automation, I mean, there's a real psychology to this. And I'm curious, I mean, is this something that you personally always like intuitively understood? Or was it something where you had to like build that skill set so that you really knew how to incorporate psychology in the kind of messaging and in the kind of 
um, you know, delivery that you gave for customers for whatever situation they were dealing with. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that you can spread the emails out. I mean, I've had clients that want to use the Fibonacci sequence for the days between emails. So there's, there's all kinds of different ways and philosophies of how you set up that sequence, the timing, what's in the actual emails. Um, and I definitely help our clients with that. And we work with copywriters that can, you know, guide you along that way as well. And there's all kinds of different ways you can do it, but it just has to match who your target market is as well. You know, if you're targeting a 60 year old school teacher, you know, they are not always on email. So you're going to want to use some different ways to connect with them. So it can't all be email. So there's all kinds of different things you need to look at based on your target market too. Mm -hmm. What are other things besides email that are really good and really effective? Um, Facebook Messenger chatbots are huge right now. The, the click-through rate, the open rate is just astounding. You can really create some amazing sequences for that as far as automa- uh, artificial intelligence and responding to them in certain ways. So that's really big right now. And I think uh, SMS texting, uh, we do a webinar for a client and we have it set up. So 15 minutes before the webinar, we also send them an SMS text to remind them to log in and and watch the webinar. So a lot more things, a lot more options nowadays than just email. Mm. I'm glad you brought the uh, SMS because I've done a little research into it myself and not a lot, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. as you'll tell by the question I'm about to ask you. Um, But I'm wondering Are there compliance issues or concerns when you're moving to that format of messaging people on their phone in that way? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have it as an option. So like when they opt in for that webinar, there's a checkbox they have to check to say that they want those reminders. And then that very first message you send them, typically it has to have uh, some sort of uh, documentation on how they can get the messages to stop. Typically it's like, just send a stop and we'll stop sending you messages or something like that. So there are some compliance issues and mm. they're usually built into the platforms that we use. Right. You know, funny story <laughs> for me, sometimes I'll get a random text message and it's like an unreasonable paranoia, but they'll have that message like, and I'd never opted in, but they're like to stop receiving these messages, reply stop or something like that. I always have like this nervous thing of like, no, that's what they want. They want me to reply because then they'll know someone's listening on the other end. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you ever get feedback like that from people that are actually concerned about following the instructions that they're told to if they don't want to receive it? Yeah, sometimes people are are a little freaked out about that. And I remember a long time ago, way back when, email unsubscribes too. You never wanted to unsubscribe because then they would know it was a good address. So same kind of philosophy there, right? So some Mm -hmm. people do um, kind of are weird about that. So maybe they'll send a different message back instead of stop, or they just report you. I don't even know how you would report an SMS text that is annoying you, but um, I don't know either. Otherwise it would have been done. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So some people do, do say, Hey, stop sending me text messages. They'll send us an email to say that. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And you know, as I understand it, you know, you're in the coaching space as well, correct? Yeah. I've, I've been a business coach for a very high level uh, coach in the business industry. And yeah, so I love coaching people and helping them create strategy and things like that too. Right. And on that message, I mean, it sounds to me like this is like, you're not coaching them on, on mindset per se, you're coaching them on terms of business mechanics and, and how to get the moving parts in the right way so that they're, you know, growing in revenue or they're being more efficient or, or things along that nature. Correct. Yeah, definitely. You know, what makes sense for their business, what kind of tools they should be using, what's the best tool to use for what their end goal is, not what they need right now, but what they need in a year or two so they can grow into it. All Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff like that. I look at what they're using and make sure that it fits them. 
you know, I look at their campaigns or their sequences. I make sure that they're not missing any because there's like five to 10 different ones that every business should have. So I look at all that. I do an audit, so to speak, of their website, making sure they have everything there. So it's, it's strategy slash coaching. So, yeah. Right. Now, being in that space and helping people in that way, what are the common, um, you know, I guess the common mistakes that a lot of people tend to make that are so obvious after they hear about it, but until they realize it are just stopping their business and holding them back in ways that they don't even realize? Yeah, one of the things that I see quite often is where people have too many competing call to actions on the homepage or their website, you know. Mm -hmm a confused mind doesn't buy, they don't take action. So you really want to focus on one call to action on your homepage, whether it's just to set up a call with you to talk about the options, but you can't have like the mailing list sign up and watch my blog and do this. You want one thing for them to think about and have them take action because too many and they're not going to do any. So I see that all the time. Yeah. You know, it's funny to hear you say that I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm growing my YouTube channel and YouTube is such a weird thing where you're so used to having multiple calls to action of, you know, like subscribe, hit the bell notification, comment below. And I, I wonder sometimes, and I don't know if, if you've seen this or you've had insights on this, but I wonder, are those competing call to actions stopping people from doing something there? Or is it the thing where they hear the same things over and over again? And since it's only three or four, it doesn't really prevent the conversion in that specific situation. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think YouTube, everybody knows to hit the subscribe button if you liked whatever it was you saw. If not, you do the thumbs down or the thumbs up. So I think we've been trained what to do in YouTube as far as those. So I think having multiple call to actions there isn't a big deal because people know already what they're supposed to be doing and, and that. So YouTube, I think it's fine to have that. Right. In other words, when you're in harmony with a worldwide platform that's completely global and everyone is already inundated on or, uh, you know, initiated into what it really is, yeah. um, that's one thing. But versus what you see with, with clients who, you know, they've got one website, one brand, people don't know them yet or certain small people, they've got to be very direct in line with the call to action that they have. That's going to get them, well, the best conversion and the best relationship moving forward with that customer so they can convert them for much more. Correct. Awesome. And um, really, just because, you know, that was such a great um, example or any other really, you know, high frequency issues that people have where it seems like the, like so many people, almost everyone you talk with makes the same mistake that it's such an easy thing for them to fix. Um, you know, a couple of things I think that people don't do and that's use video and they really should be using video. Uh, I think it's just a really great way to have your prospective clients or whatever really get to know you. I mean, they could read about you on a page, but to hear you talk and see your voice and, and how your expressions and who you are, I think that's super important. So if you're not using video in some way, whether it's Facebook lives, a video on your homepage or your website or whatever, um, I think you're missing the boat there. I think video is just so important. Nice. And I imagine, I mean, if you're talking about using video on, on a homepage, you're figuring out, you know, strategies in terms of like, what's the perfect introduction video where it basically, it gives the value proposition. It lets people know right away what's in it for them by sticking around, by learning more, by doing the call to action or, or whatever it might be. Is that something like where you're from, where you guys will walk through the specific details or you'll kind of give your clients an overall strategy of what they should try to put together on their end? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely give them some guidelines. You know, we definitely want them to talk about who their ideal client is and, and use their language that they're using so that they immediately pick up that you're talking to them. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest things. And then just make sure that 
whatever you're saying in the video, it's about them, not you. How can you help them? Um, I think that's super important too. So I just kind of guide them along. A lot of them are pretty natural with it, but if they're way off the mark, I'm going to tell them, hey, let's focus on this. I give them a little cheat sheet. Don't forget to do this. And it works really well. Gotcha. Awesome. And I mean, you've been in this game in some way, shape or form since 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, what are like, for, from your perspective, I mean, that's 18 years. Are there certain trends, you know, but obviously besides the obvious of video that you've noticed that a lot, again, a lot of people, and you can tell the kind of like the way I'm picking your brain, someone like you who has this level of expertise and trying to find the, um, the elusive obvious, the stuff that people should know, but they don't see. I'm curious if, if you recognize any other trends based on what you're doing in terms of marketing automation, in terms of uh, membership portals, in terms of all those pieces of connecting with their audience that a lot of people just seem to miss for whatever reason. I think the bottom line with marketing is, and this is to paraphrase a friend of mine that does a lot of LinkedIn training. He says, it's not about B2B or B2C. It's about H to H, human to human. And you have to remember that you're talking to another human being. And so don't make it super generic or whatever. You want to be talking specifically to that person, that human being that you want to connect with. That's your ideal client. Mm, I love hearing that. You know, it's interesting. You know, me, as I even grow like the YouTube stuff, I experiment with on the few, like a lot of stuff's recorded on my phone, but on those times where I'm recording on, on my laptop through that camera, I will put pictures of people up on the screen to talk to them, to see if it will trigger any extra level of subconscious engagement. I'm like always thinking in that way. So it's really yeah. good to hear from you because I've heard H to H before. And for some reason I've forgotten about it, but it's such a valuable insight because I think it auto corrects a lot of mistakes that people make. It makes them come more natural, makes them more likable. It helps them change their dialogue and their language patterns in a way that's going to connect more deeply and make people understand that the person speaking to them is actually in it for them. Yes, definitely. You definitely want to make that connection. I love it. Awesome. Cool. So what is um, like, what are the, the cutting edge things like, or the favorite new things that your firm works on with people? Like, you know, that's, that seems to be like emerging in the marketplace right now. Um, gosh, there's so many different things going on right now. There's always something new. Um, I would say that the biggest thing that's happening right now is there's so many new marketing automation programs out there. Uh, you know, I use Infusionsoft a lot, like I mentioned, but I also use ClickFunnels. I use DropFunnels. I use Entreport. So there's a lot of new players of the field coming out right now. They've taken what everybody loves about Infusionsoft and some of those other programs and what they don't like, and they built their own. Uh, mm. So I'm constantly checking out these new ones. And um, yeah, so just check out the new ones because they've really put a lot of thought into what they do and how they can help you market better. And they've taken the, the best of the best and combined it into their program. I think that's one mm. thing right now I'm watching very carefully. And then just, um, you know, focus on only one social media platform and do it really, really well. I think is another tip if I could say anything. You know, if your target market is on Facebook, focus on Facebook. If they're more uh, C-level or whatever, and they're over on LinkedIn, you better be on LinkedIn, right? So that's the other thing I see is people trying to be on too many different platforms when you really should focus on one. Yeah. I mean, unless they have someone working for them, that's going to yeah. repurpose their content in a way that's in harmony with the platform. They're right. really just spreading themselves too thin and they're almost sending a mixed message because, you know, what works on Facebook might work on LinkedIn, but it won't necessarily. And it's not something that you can just depend on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, once I get back real quick, you were talking about like how you're checking out the new platforms and, you know, as an entrepreneur, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this, there are often times where I'll hear about a cool new platform and the hesitation I personally have in trying something out is one, the level of energy it takes to move everything over. And then two, it's almost like that concern of like, well, what if these guys, even though they're brilliant, even though they're awesome, what if they're fly by night? What if they're mismanaging their growth? What if they're going to implode next month after I moved everything over? Like, how do you, as someone that has to stay ahead of the trends and has to check those things out and might have clients that are interested in checking things out, how do you navigate those waters and those types of questions and concerns? Yeah, and that's a great question because there's clients that are early adopters and they just see something new and they want to implement it right away. And then there's ones that are late adopters where they want to wait and make sure that all the bugs are worked out and all that, you know, it's nice and clean when they get to it. So we've got both kinds of clients and I prefer to be the more of the wait and get them to get the bugs worked out first uh, before we jump in. Um, because there are so many different things that can go wrong. Like they're underfunded, you know, they, they don't have enough customer service. They don't have all the features that are actually working right now. So I don't like my clients to jump in right away, but I'm watching them. I, I like to wait at least a year just to make sure that they're still around, like you said, and that they are still viable. They're adding features all the time. They're responsive. When somebody says, hey, can it do this? You know, if they implement it in the next week, I know that they're on top of things and they have a great development team and things like that. So I watch, but I also wait. But there's some clients that are just like, no, we got to do it now. And I I always cringe like, oh, I hope this one works out. So you got to be really careful. Yes, you you give them the fair warning because the last thing, you know, it's it's an awkward thing to move everything over. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, what now? You know, no one's calling me back. There's no customer service. The website crashed. No one can fix the bugs. Like you never know. It's, it's, again, from my perspective, I'm always very cautious about that type of thing. And again, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Me personally, I'm never been an eggs in all eggs in one basket type of person, because while there's a convenience to that, if that one piece does break, you've got to replace everything. Whereas if you diversify, if possible, and one piece breaks, you only got to fix one thing. And then you kind of like shift the other things around a little bit, but it's way smoother to go about that. It's, are you on the same page or do you have a different school of thought from that? Um, yes and no. I mean, like case in point, Infusionsoft, it's an all-in-one marketing tool. It's got a CRM, e-commerce, email marketing. So it's got all-in-one. And I love that it's built that way because it's all-in-one thing. I don't have to have MailChimp and a shopping cart and, you know, a team or CRM or whatever. I don't have to patch things together because when you do that, they can break. But I also have to think about how long has that business been around? Infusionsoft has been around since, uh, gosh, I think 2004, 16 years. So they're not going anywhere. Mm. Um, they're adding different levels and stuff. So you have to um, look, kind of look at that. It's good to have different things because they have different advantages, but you also have that problem where they could break. The integrations could break. You might not notice. Whereas if you're using an all-in-one, you know it's working. But then again, it could break too. <laughs> so anything could break. But um, I prefer all-in-ones. But it's not always possible. There's not always one product that will do everything that you need. Yeah. And to paraphrase, it sounds like you prefer all-in-ones that have a reliable track record that you could actually count on. Otherwise, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket without having that reliability. Correct. Definitely. Awesome. Um, Based on what you see in um, Mm in terms of helping people with like the automation, what is... What is something that kind of keeps rearing its ugly head in 2020 
that for some reason people keep having to, to fix or, or account for? Oh gosh, to fix and account for. Um, I think probably the most, the thing that most people need fixed or fiddled with or whatever would be just that they don't have any system set up in the first place. They don't have mm. us operating procedures. They don't have any kind of long-term nurture sequence. They've just kind of thrown things together and they aren't really working cohesively. And so that's when we can come in and make a big difference because we can get everything running, talking to each other, functioning creating the standing operating procedures so that somebody new on the team can come in and take over a certain position, things like that. So um, I think that's, that's one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs do is they just kind of hodgepodge things at the beginning and just praise it works. And then they build up a, a really great business, probably a six figure business. But at that point they stall out because they don't have that foundation. They haven't done the work to make sure that everybody, everything's working properly and you've got a good team and things like that. So. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting to hear you say that because like I even, I revamped one of like my, my like a top 90 day program very recently. And I, you know, I, I built a membership site and I changed, I basically made a brand new campaign and I felt like I did every single step right. But the thing that I forgot that I figured out like a week later was I wasn't doing the list segmenting where I took people off one campaign and only moved them exclusively to the new one. So mm-hmm. without realizing it until fortunately somebody, you know, emailed a, a regular response, I didn't realize I was, I was, I was trying to sell them on the product when they already bought the product. And um, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how there are so many moving parts that you've got to make sure it's almost like a thing where, when, whether they're working with you directly or they're doing it on their own or whatever it might be, they want to have like a complete list of all the steps and all the things that they do, because when they make a change, they want to make sure that they plug in all those holes and that they haven't forgotten one little step. Yeah. That's so important because yeah, there are so many steps and you just, like you said, one little thing and they're like, Oh no, I'm offending my clients. They're getting too many emails or I'm trying to sell them something they already have. Yeah. yeah. Completely. It's always the unintended stuff. That's the fun yes. part, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, I guess like for you, I want to ask like, what is, um, what direction are you taking the company in right now? Is it, is it about continuing to serve in that way? Is it about growth and expansion? Is it about um, adding moving parts? Like what is uh, the current direction that, that you and your firm are taking right now? Yes, I've always been kind of a boutique agency, not just a digital marketing agency. To me, a digital marketing agency is they build your campaign funnels and do it, and then you have to figure out all the rest. So we do all the rest as well. Like we put the uh, the opt-in form on your website. We can help you create that ebook. Uh, you know, whatever it takes, we're full featured. We just, you want to do a webinar, we're going to help you do the whole thing, not just set it up in, uh, you know, a self seminar or whatever. So that's one thing that we've always done. And then the direction I'm taking in right now is I feel like I can help um, my clients a little bit better with a flat rate model instead of hours and hours, you, you know, you need to buy more hours. So I'm working on packages where they just pay a flat fee every month. And we work on two to three or four projects a month, whatever they need, and it gets done. And they know it's in their budget. They've got a certain amount. So that's what I'm switching to now because I think that's what consumers really like. They don't like to know how much it's going to cost them. They love flat rate. And um, so that's what I'm working on right now, figuring out how that works and putting that into place. And funnily enough, I hear you say that I imagine, you know, besides hopefully making things run smoother for your business, that's also giving you insight to share with people that sign up with you because they're going to be, they do similar things where they do a complete shift in the way they operate their business. And it's about navigating uncertain waters and making sure that you're, you have enough resources to spread out where 
the company still runs in a healthy way and all the clients are still served in the right way. Right. Exactly. That's so important. Awesome. Awesome. And as I understand, I mean, there's, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like two main touch points for you. Like if people want to learn about you, what are the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. So my main website is SharonBensonTeam.com. That's where I have my digital marketing agency. And then I also have a training website where I train people how to use different programs like Infusionsoft. I also have a training program on how to be a certified online business manager. Uh, and that website is HighlyProfitableOBM.com. So OBM stands for online business manager. Uh, so I, I do a lot of training, private trainings, group trainings, and then I actually have my digital marketing agency too. I love it. Cool. Um, so one more question I just want to throw at you. I, I throw this at most guests and um, I always get such um, varied answers. And I figured someone like you, who's all about efficiency and all, all about technology, if you can, not that you have to frame your answer in, in, from that vantage point, but if you can go back in time, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in the past and give the younger version of you any piece of advice, it could be business advice, it could be a life advice, doesn't matter. What's the one piece of advice that you would want to give to that younger version of yourself? Gosh, um, 20 or 30 years ago, I didn't know it was possible to have my own business. It just didn't even enter my mind. So that's probably what I would tell myself is like, hey, you don't have to work at a corporation. You don't have to be a corporate drone. At some point, you might be in a situation where you can have your own business, Sharon. (laughs) That's what I would tell myself is just be open for it because I might have done it sooner. Who knows? Right. Well, I think that's a perfect answer for a lot of people listening. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen and a lot of people thinking about being entrepreneurs listen. So that's a wonderful message that it really, you know, a lot more can be done than people give themselves credit for. There's a lot more resources available and there's a lot more ways that business can can scale and, and move forward for them. Yeah. And, you know, my kids see me having my own business and they are very entrepreneurial as well. So we're teaching younger generations as well to be entrepreneurs. So that's great too. I love it. Well, I mean, I could tell people, anyone that, that's um, not up for doing this kind of stuff for themselves, I, I recommend that they do connect with you. I know that you really are a, a master in your field. And I'm so grateful for you to, to you for coming on the show and sharing these insights. And let me uh, pick and prod at your brain. I know I asked a lot of different questions in a lot of different ways, but I figure someone like you who has these insights and who sees a lot of people that require help and correction and just a few little adjustments to really uh, exponentially improve what they got going on. I appreciate you sharing those answers with me. So thanks so much for being here today. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I totally loved it. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so much, Sharon, for those awesome insights and for that awesome interview. Guys, I hope you liked that one. In fact, you know, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button, leave a quick, honest, written review while you're at it. And, you know, stay tuned because we've got some other awesome guests coming up this week. And, of course, before I head on out of here, quick reminder, if you want to check out my book, it's lastlawofattractionbook.com, or you can check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Cap. And, of course, if you're listening to this on any different platforms and you want to check out the link to uh, – for Sharon, you can simply go to shatterthemoldpodcast.com and you can click on the link on the episode associated with her. But just so we're clear, the link for her is highlyprofitableobm.com. I highly recommend you check it out and stay tuned for tomorrow. We got another awesome guest on the way. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan.
My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. 